Hey y'all, this is Daniel Kyrie. I play Darren Ritter on Chicago Fire, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. This thing makes the entire family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. to hit the button this time yeah true um hey everybody we can just leave that part in uh welcome to me this at molly's episode 192 i did not forget to hit the record button today in your face i'm so (laughs) proud of you uh yeah we were we were just in the middle of a very lit marvel discussion i figured i was like we may as well just get it recorded so everybody can hear um we're super psyched for shang chi which comes out today the day you're listening to this right Yes, and I haven't seen it yet, but by the time this comes out, I will have seen it because I'm seeing it on Thursday night. I will not have seen it because I will be in New York. As of right now, when you're listening you to this- You are in New York. I am in New York. <laughs> so um, I will see it probably when I get back. Although they definitely have Disney Plus at my niece's house, so I can probably just wait till she goes to bed. Yeah, she's got, she goes to bed early. It's she's fine. She's four. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I can wait until Charlie goes to bed too because he doesn't speak Marvel, which is a shame. But that's kind of surprising, actually. He's not into that stuff. He's into the comedies, like the stupid comedies too. And I'm not saying stupid as in like, oh, that's stupid. I'm saying stupid as in it's like very slapstick kind of comedy. So like Arrested Development, The Office, Trailer Park Boys, that kind of comedy. Um, Whatever the one is with uh, the guy from Pitch Perfect, Work Something, Workholics, that's what it is. Yeah, he's into those. He's not really a drama cinematic universe kind of guy which is such a bummer because man he's missing out he really is though he really is he made some sort of comment about oh oh i know what it was so everybody well no not everybody knows you know because i talk about charlie all the time he loves his smoker and like you know barbecuing meats (laughs) and stuff like that and he was saying a couple months back he was like no he's like i want you to get to know how to use it too and i was like babe it's like thor's hammer like you have to be worthy of the smoker and the joke went right over his head. I was like, that was a quality joke I just wasted. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you did waste it. I was bummed. I was like, that was a good joke. So, you know, whatever. But we also just chatted about what if and how uh, we haven't seen the Doctor Strange episode yet because we, we're in the past right now. Like, you it's know. It's Tuesday when we're recording this. It's Tuesday when we're recording. We're way in the past. It hasn't come out yet. But um, I thought the episode with... Uh, the episode three i thought was fantastic the avengers yeah, yeah the avengers yeah thought it was i thought fantastic. that was really good too i really i really enjoyed them all i'm really excited to see these next ones um yeah i'm really excited yeah yeah big time so uh that's been your quick marvel roundup for the day that we weren't really intending to do but just happened anyway yeah why so, not um yeah if you're not into marvel which i know some of our listeners are not hang on don't don't like don't turn it off we're gonna get to the good stuff we just had to debrief you know how it goes. Um, so we always start with the news and we've got some news. We got some news. Yes, it's that time of the year. It I love it. I love it. Time of the year. You guys. Okay. First bit is from TV line. It's kind of like unofficially official, but you guys, I'm like super excited. Michael Rady is coming to Chicago med. If you don't know who Michael Rady is. Okay. First off, he was on Greek. Who was he on Greek? I never watched that show. I don't know. Okay. I don't even remember at this point, but like, and that's not even what I think of him as. So, like, why they put him as Greek? Like, that's literally not even what I think of him as. Who was he on Greek? I know him from, like, every Hallmark movie ever. 
Uh, That's not even the most important thing either. You're missing his most important role to date. The first thing I think of is unreal. What do you think of? The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Duh. I've never seen that movie. Oh, please. We could play this game for hours of movies you have not seen. Oh, my God. You just like hurt my heart. Not I, that I've, I've, never, I've never seen that uh, movies. There's like more than the, more than one, isn't there? There's two. Oh my God. Either one. It's that's my favorite book series of all time. These movies. mm, mm, Okay. We're going to take that. Yeah. He plays Alexis Spladell's love interest in those movies. And it's like a ship that is very close to my heart. So that I, he will always be close to us to me. Like always. Ooh, they must Um, have made a super hot on screen couple. Oh man. And he's Greek in those movies. And it's like. It's so good. He is a handsome dude. He's so, oh my God. Oh my God. The fact that he's going to be on med every week. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I know mm. him from some of my favorite Hallmark Christmas movies. I know he was in uh, the the one, like, it's like sort of the redo on The Great Gatsby, but it's not really. It's the Christmas one with Jessica Lowndes, I think is the one he stars opposite. Oh, the Pemberley one. Bingo. Yes. Uh, Christmas at Pemberley Manor. Yes. Yeah. And then I know him from the other one where like the famous actress comes to the super small town to film some sort of movie and he owns the motel and he's also the mayor. Um, like every Hallmark movie ever. It really yeah. is. But he's kind of like one of the unofficial kings of the Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, he's also in the last season of Timeless and he was really good in that too. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in Jane the Virgin. Like, he's just been in so much stuff that I love. And I'm very excited that he's going to be on Med now. Yeah, so we we got the news in a very unofficial manner. Steven Weber just posted it on his Instagram. I Steven Weber's Insta has been the gift that keeps on giving. I love it so much. I love that they were just like, because we were like, did we miss something? Mm-hmm. And then I went back and on his Instagram, on Michael Rady's Instagram, and I was like, I guess he's been posting that he's been in Chicago because like people have been commenting, like, glad you're joining Med. But like, no, it just it, somehow didn't make it to like one Chicago Twitter somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. But then like, like Steven Weber posts it and we're all like, oh my God. <laughs> so we haven't gotten an official idea of like who he is or what he's doing, but thankfully the picture Steven posted, like you could see his, his lab coat in like all its glory. So it looks like his name is Bill Cooper. It may not be Bill, but the last name is definitely Cooper. The only thing we know is that he's set to recur. So it's not just like a one episode and it's a doctor whom Will gets to know. Okay, so I which could really, mean like twenty million things. It really could. It really could. I know some of us thought the first name was Bill. I know some of us were like, I think it's Matt. We really couldn't quite tell what the lab coat said, but I need it to be Bill, knowing that Will gets to know him, just so it can be Will and Bill. I need it. I need <laughs> it in a, my life. That's the buddy cop med yeah. drama. I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, but is it going to be buddy cop or is Will going to approach this the way he approaches every other doctor and like? I don't know. I mean, like, what is he? I we have. I have so many questions. This description is so vague. He's going to be in Will's orbit. That's literally all we know. And it looked like from what we could see on his coat that it says he's going to be like a critical care doctor. So kind of like a trauma surgeon almost. Then why wouldn't they just say trauma? I don't know. I don't make the rules. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. But 
I, I don't know. Again, we're just going off of one image. So if you guys are looking to like deduce this for yourself, head over to Steven Weber's Insta, zoom in, and like maybe you have better eyesight than we do because we tried everything we could. But I'm still really excited that he's coming to med. I'm so excited. This is like the best. I oh man. Yeah, no, the I'm medcast, super. All these new additions to the medcast, like as sad as I am that Tori and Yaya are no longer a part of the medcast, like I'm very excited for all these new additions too. Yeah, and this is also the perfect segue into the next bit of news we have, which is, holy shit, we got promo photos. And episode titles. And episode titles. Oh my God, y'all. Okay, so the reason it's a good segue is because in the med promo photos, it's like all of our new best friends. Yes. There's a lot of pictures of Dr. Hammer and Dr. Scott, our new besties, you know, Guy Lockhart and Kristen Hager. Um, I love lots it of pictures so much. of them. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Our new besties. So super excited. Uh, the season premiere title of Med is You Can't Always Trust What You See. So season seven means seven words in the title. I was going to say, they just keep getting longer and longer. I love this little tradition, though. Like, it's my favorite, but they just keep getting longer and longer and longer. Yeah, and in a couple years, we'll be able to play the game of, like, is it a Fallout Boy song or is it a Met episode? (laughs) Yeah, at some point, they're going to be full sentences. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fire season premiere is called Mayday. That's not ominous at all. That's totally cool. Not at all, but it's fine. No. Uh, they also tried to be like real slick and like not include any pictures of squad and like any sort of pictures out there. It was like truck only. Yeah. Nice try. Taylor has been the most active on Instagram he's ever been in his life. Okay. <laughs> nice That's one try. of my favorite thing about season 10 so far. <laughs> really, really has. Forget any ships, forget anything else. Taylor being active on Instagram. That is what I didn't know I needed from season 10 of Chicago Fire. It's the best. It's the best. It's so but good. I think credit is also due for these unsuspecting local Chicago citizens who are just trying to work and go about their day and just happen to see the shows filming outside their window and film. Like it's my favorite. You guys are the unsung heroes of the one Chicago preseason. Like the unsung heroes. It's my favorite. Thank you for your service. Like, <laughs> thank you. It's this so is the good. best. Uh, PD season premiere is called Closure. Again, not ominous at all. Totally fine. Um, it looks like Samantha is going to be stepping up in Burgess's absence. So that's interesting. Also, no Patty in these photos. No, no Patty. No Marina we expected. No Patty was a surprise. Everyone else, fair, fine, alive. You know, not that I'm saying Patty's, you know, Adam's dead, but like Patty, no Patty. <laughs> Don't start that. Panic is about <laughs> to spread through the fandom. I'm just saying, no Patty. No, no Patty. It's surprising. It's surprising. So, um, P.S. My friend just texted me back about Shang Chi, and it is theaters only. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I have to go be social and like brave the general public. That sucks. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Just a little late breaking Marvel news there. Um, but yeah, no, no Marina and no Patty, which tells me that the season premiere is just going to be like super angsty Ruzik at Kim's bedside the entire time, just like begging her to wake up. That's fine. We're just going to cry hysterically the whole time. No big deal. Well, I guess that is a good segue into our last bit of news because TV Line had the exclusive and they have actually the episode description for PD only, but PD's premiere. And, and we don't says, have the full episode description yet. We don't. We just have that one sentence from TV line. 
Yeah, I mean, but I think that's pretty much that. But I mean, it says the season opener title closure will find Burgess continue fighting for her life as the team scrambles to find her kidnapper according to the official synopsis rusik meanwhile struggles with the pressure of the situation and deputy superintendent samantha miller is desperate to find her son's killer i feel like they're not going to give us any more than that like i feel like that probably is the full synopsis i thought they already found her son's killer i need to go back and rewatch weren't they like honest oh i think they were like honest trail and that's when burgers got taken yeah, well, and I think they've, you know, found, they've kind of, I think, figured out who it is. Obviously, they haven't, like, tracked him down, you know. So stressful. Yeah. I had a crazy dream the other night, by the way, which, like, you guys, I take sleep meds that give me insane dreams, and it's usually one Chicago-related just because, like, it's always on my mind because, like, hi, you know, whatever. Um, Had this crazy dream the other night that I was, like, in an episode, and I was Ruzik's partner, and he was just, like, confiding in me about just, like, oh, man, it's so hard Kim's, like, seeing Kim the way she is right now, and I was, like, like, Adam, like, Burgess is a fighter. She's been through so much. Like, remember when she got stuck in the warehouse? Like, she got through that, and, like, she's been shot before. I had, like, pep talking. Um, I love my one Chicago dreams, because then I'm just, like, that was hilarious. Like, I'd be ballsy enough to be a cop. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's hysterical. I'd be like, how do you work for this guy, Hank? He's crazy. He's crazy. And the minute guns started like going off, I'd be like hiding. I'd be like, <laughs> make it stop. You'd be like Jackson West from the rookie on I his would. first day. Like Only hiding I wouldn't behind snap the out open door. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'd be like hiding behind like the guys and just be like, Jay, Adam, protect me. They're like, Gina, get off. I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it would be bad. It would be bad. Uh, so I think it's okay. Well, yeah, so that's all the news we've got. Um, sorry, I, I got sidetracked there. I was, I was just kind of laughing about my one Chicago dream. And then just like, what were we talking about? Okay. So that's all the news we've got for today. You guys know, you know, if you see anything, find us, whatever, like send it to us, email us, whatever. Um, carry your pigeon, however you prefer. We have a new patron shout out. Hello, Angela Webler. Welcome to the family. We're so happy to have you here. Yes. So, so, so excited. And Angela's already in the Facebook group. So that's great. Yes. Yeah. um, You guys, if you would like to support us on Patreon, please, please, please do. Um, Only, and I say that only because it's a lot of fun. So uh, you can go into our Patreon page. The link is in our socials. Check out the different tiers, see which one is right for you. I think the biggest perk we've got right now is the Facebook group. Uh, Yeah, not necessarily the biggest, but it's definitely the most fun and- yeah 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 it's a lot of fun and it's just kind of one little tiny chicago community like we all just kind of talk in the group about whatever so yeah it's really fun it's a lot of fun so welcome aboard and we're having another patron happy hour yes to kick off the new season september 18th y'all it's a saturday it's gonna be great but the only way to be part of it is to be a patron yep it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really excited a lot of fun all right I think it is time to move into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. This is going to be fun. This was a good episode. There's so much that happens in this episode. I have feelings about this episode. Feelings. So much that happens. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we're going to start off with Casey and the Darden boys. The <laughs> Darden boys. I know. The oh, reason man. that we decided to do this episode is because it's rumored. We we're pretty most sure likely. we've heard I mean, most yeah. likely we've heard from like pretty much everywhere that the Darden boys are making a return. Okay. Did so, you see the, okay, first a sidetrack. The, no, you're good. Um 
I don't remember who posted it, but it was going around Twitter, obviously, of like the the picture of the camera shots, and it's like Severide and um, Stella, and then some boy that looks like one of the Darden boys playing with the basketball thing that Stella brought home. Mm-hmm. I did see that. Oh, the scenes are gonna kill this. These episodes are gonna kill me. It, it really is. It really is. Especially because now we have an idea of how old they are. I know we got the question the other day. Somebody was like, how old are the Darden boys now? We get an inkling in this episode because Gabby marks it and says that Griffin's 11, which means that if this was season two and we're going into 10, Griffin's about 19. Yeah. Yeah. So Griffin's about 19 and that makes Ben probably about like 17. Yeah, something like that, 16, 17. Yeah. So yeah, I did see that. So I'm I'm excited. Like I love these kind of full circle things. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Super excited. Okay. So we start the episode and Casey is trying to get the boys ready for school. Just I mean, like baby Casey. He looks so I mean, like he's still Jesse Spencer's still the same, obviously, <laughs> but like he's such a baby in these episodes. He really, really is. Oh really my gosh. Is. Yeah. And so he's on shift. He's like, My sister's coming to pick you up. You guys are gonna stay there. That's what's going on. And then tomorrow we're gonna have some fun. And Griffin is just Griffin's throwing a fit. He's not happy. He's like kicking his backpack. He's throwing a fit. He's mad. My favorite is when like after he like keeps going or whatever, he like picks it up, slams it down again, and then repeatedly just keeps kicking it. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Casey's like, you're going to smash your lunch. And Griffin's like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So, you know, it's my first instinct was to be like, what a little brat. But my other one was like, okay, well, he's 11 and he's going through some big time shit. Yeah, he, I mean, lost his dad, you know, just obviously lost his mom, you know, his mom's in jail. I mean, like, yeah. It's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. So during shift, Casey gets a call on his phone, begs Chief to leave for like 30 minutes. And Bowden gives him like a really hard time too. Well, obviously remember, this is the McLeod days. So like everything they do is under scrutiny, which we'll get there, but you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, so Casey's just sitting there with the principal and the principal is like pretty much lecturing him, which like I- I did not like that. I'm like, even though Casey is like, Casey's not his, Casey's not their parents. Like, why are you lecturing him? Like he should just like magically know better and know what to do and be perfect. Yeah. I mean, I guess I get it. Like if, you know, they have to look out for obviously the well-being of the students. And if they think if something's wrong, it is their job to report, you know, yeah. that something could be wrong at home. But like, yeah, it is kind of a weird situation of like Casey just became their guardian. So like give him maybe a second of leeway to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I mean, the, at this point, they think it's going to be the next like 15 months, right? Yeah. 15, 16 months. Yeah. So like give him a chance. It's been like a week. <laughs> Right, 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 right. And so, uh, you know, the principal's like, I'm worried that Griffin and Ben don't have a stable home environment, which is like, and Casey's trying, he really is, but he's scrambling. Like he's just, it's not going well. It's not going well. Not at all. Which is just something that like, you can't help but admire about Matt, that he tries to be everything to everybody Mm -hmm. at all times. Yeah. Well, and even in this episode too, like it is like, obviously he cares about these kids, but I mean, 
honestly, the reason he's even doing this is because he even says he's like, I have a promise to, you know, Heather and her husband, you know, her late husband that, you know, so it even goes back to like his friendship days and, you know, it's, it's deep stuff. Yeah. It's super deep. It's super deep. And so, you know, he's just like telling, he's telling the principal, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Like I owe it to his mom and dad, like you were saying. Um, and you know, he's kind of scrambling for words. He's trying to find the right thing to say, enter Gabby. Oh man, I love this scene. This is so clutch. She's just like, let me just swoop on in and save the day. It's so, and then you find out a little bit later, like once they're done and she does save the day, like that Bowden sent her there to like pretend, like, I love it. Like, it's so good. Bowden, like I could just imagine Kate, we don't obviously see this on screen, but I just imagine Casey leaving and then Bowden's like, Gabby, he's going to need your ass. Like, go, like, go save his ass. Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, it makes me laugh when she sits down and puts her hand on his because like you see him just kind of stare and be like, what the fuck? Like, and then like eventually he realizes like, oh, like this is actually helping me. Like, okay, like just play along. Yeah, for sure. Let's just go along with it. And Gabby just slides right in like she owns the place. She's like, I'm with Matt. So sorry. Like, yes, queen. And she just says everything like the right way mm-hmm. too, to like, and then the principal's like, oh yeah, like it's fine. You know, like the, enough to convince the principal who was clearly not convinced two seconds ago, but like now everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. So she saves the day. She says all the right things, gets them out of there just fine. And when they come out, like Griffin's just kind of sitting in the chair outside the principal's office, like in trouble, you know, the dad stare that Matt gives him it's so good he's like we'll talk about this later yeah like the dad's there he's like you can't just go hitting other kids and like he's being a total dad and Gabby's like stroking his hair just being like really nice and just kind of trying to like empathize with him a little bit it's just this just showed how well they balanced each other and how like it just shows it literally shows how how well they complemented each other yeah when they were good they were good when they were good they were really good yeah, they're they're the mothership for a reason in the one Chicago universe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then this is where Gabby kind of gives us the clue of how old Griffin is. She just says she's like, if you're gonna engage in a battle of wits with an 11 year old, you're gonna lose. And he just she just tells him to back off a little bit, which is like, you know, and she's gathered all this expertise from being Eva and Diego's aunt for all these yeah. years, but it works when we never actually really saw it but yeah supposedly yeah never we never really saw it I wonder if like Gabby and Antonio are like working together now or they're like in different parts of the Caribbean do they still talk she came back and you know gave us the one and only update we ever got on Antonio Mm -hmm. he was in the Bahamas and she's in Puerto Rico okay so I mean who knows maybe they could have been you know reunited by now but he was in the bahamas i 99 percent sure and she was obviously in puerto rico so were eva and diego just like off at college and just like only ever talked to laura <laughs> i mean i don't know i hope he checks in I, I i can't believe that he didn't turn his life around and then dumped his kids no i i i, I would like to think that he doesn't like especially like it's one thing if you said like he just went down a dark dark path okay maybe he was just in such a dark place but if he turned his life around and went to the Bahamas to help people I can't imagine that he you know went MIA on his kids I still can't believe they took him down that route 
what's so funny there's been a lot of like twitter questions going around about like who's your favorite character or like there was one from i think it was one chicago center that was like out of the four characters it was like antonio dawson aaron Lindsay, roman and al it was like which character do you miss the most and i my response was season one through four antonio dawson not five and six i don't want to acknowledge those those versions of antonio season one through four antonio so I saw I that tweet. Those. I saw that tweet, and my number one gripe with that was like the disrespect towards Mouse. My God. Yeah, Mouse definitely should have been in place with Roman, uh, taken Roman's place. The disrespect. There's Dude. a lot of people who should have taken Roman's place. Nadia could have taken. I mean, like Justin Voigt, like literally anybody else but Roman. Do people actually miss Roman? No, I'm legit asking. I'm not like trying to be a smart ass. Like, do people actually miss him? Uh... I'm not judging. Just please tell me. We're just curious. We're just curious. We're just curious. Yeah. But yeah, I like my answer to that was Antonio Dawson, like season one through four Antonio Dawson, because they ruined him so much when he came back from justice Mm -hmm. and I hated it every minute of it, but I love season one through four Antonio. Love, love, love. I also feel a little bit guilty saying that, you know, I can't believe they took him that route. I can't believe they ruined him like that. Because, I mean, that's realistic, right? That's how it happens to anyone we know, right? Anyone we know could battle an addiction with pills at any moment. So I feel a little guilty saying that, but also like, I can't. No, but it wasn't, it wasn't even about that. It was Mm -hmm. just more about like the way they wrote the writing. I didn't think was that great. Like the way they actually took the character development, like if they were going to go with a pill storyline, I think they still could have told it better like had it unfold a little bit better there was just a lot of things around that like even if you wanted to still have that be the storyline that I still could have thought they they could have presented it better let's put it that way they did them pretty dirty it was it was pretty dirty it was bad yeah yeah so I hope the Dawson siblings are doing well out in the Caribbean I think they are I think they're thriving I hope so I hope so yeah yeah so Um, the next day Matt takes the boys to the jail to visit their mom oh man like that is that's heavy shit I mean taking like an 11 year old and like a nine-year-old to the that's heavy shit Mm -hmm. when the fact too obviously I kind of forgot about I I don't know if I actually had ever really thought about the ways in which Casey related to the Darden boys in their situation and obviously Mm -hmm. in this you know he explains it obviously about the fact that like you know, it's not easy to see your mom this way, but you know, you have, you know, you're too all she has right now. Like, so keep being brave for her. Like the fact that Casey kind of, you know, went through the same thing. I mean, obviously in the Darden boys case, their mom didn't kill their dad, but like, still like their dads are both past the moms were in jail. Like they were both young kids, you know, I mean, like that's some deep shit that they can all relate to on a, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. Which, which really goes to show that Casey was the best person to take care of them at the time. Yeah, for sure. For multiple reasons, but yeah. 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 So yeah, and I, I forgot that too. And he was like, oh, um, you know, I, I, I've been I just don't are. know if I'd ever really put it together about like, obviously, you know, I knew, I was, you know, Casey was their dad's best friend. You know, they had like all these personal relationships to each other. I just don't think I ever really realized how similar Casey's situation was, you know, as a kid to the Darden boys. Yeah, um, it's also interesting to me how, and, and I see why they went the, the Matt route with this, but don't forget, Darden and Sev are the ones who have known each other since kindergarten, apparently. So 
it's just kind of interesting that like, you know, they took it the Matt route instead of the Kelly route. But granted, I see why they did. I see why they did. Cause you know, while they were firefighters together, they, they formed a bond. Yeah. Well, and obviously Matt, they were clearly closer. I mean, I'm not saying that Sev and Darden weren't close, no. but like, it you know when she asked heather asked them you know asked casey to take the kids i mean she says like you're the one that we put in our will is like if anything ever happened to the both of us then yeah. like you're you know that you would take the kids so like clearly i mean that's like a whole other le- deep level of friendship to like mm-hmm. put you in your will that like this is the person you're gonna leave your kids to if something ever happened to both of you so i mean yeah crazy crazy yeah. so uh you know, they're a little freaked out at first. It's a prison. Of yeah. course they're freaked out. Um, but as soon as they see Heather, they run and give her a big hug and like, they're super happy to see her. So, you know, that goes well, which is good. So then later that night, Matt takes them out for ice cream by the pier. And this is so sweet. It's so short, but it's so sweet. It really is. I know. Everything all right? He wants you to promise he won't go away. Like mom and dad. Right here, guys. I'm not going anywhere. I love this little scene. Me too. And like, it's clearly the breakthrough because everything that happens after this is all, you know, for the most part bonding and like Griffin starts going, but feeling like he can go back to 51, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like this was the breakthrough they needed. And yeah, it's so good. It's so sweet. Yeah, it's super sweet. I miss Chicago. I know. I miss, I saw the like here in the background and I was just like, ah. there are so many shots in this episode that I'm just like, I want to go back. I know. Same. It's killer. It's killer. But yeah, that, that I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. It's here. Oh, he's like, and then like when they say, he's like, he wants you to promise that you won't go away. Like mom and dad. It's just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting too. It's going to be interesting to see how full circle we come because in these early episodes, it was kind of Griffin who was, you know, struggling to process and kind of spinning out a little bit from what we've heard. It's going to be Ben who's struggling mm-hmm. in season 10. So, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes of that and what happens. Well, and we still don't really know like why they come back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that'll be interesting. There's so much, I mean, I, so many questions mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm really excited. I need it to be the 22nd. Like, now i know i'm like can we hurry up now how many okay so tomorrow is tomorrow's the second or no not no no tomorrow's the first because we're recording on tuesday but that means tomorrow for you guys is the fourth okay three weeks from september 1st so we're in kind of like three week mode Mm -hmm. damn still not close enough i know i know like the one chicago withdrawals i'm like i just need to check on my friends and make sure they're all okay no yeah yep yep so we got some listener thoughts from this one which i mean i I love that you guys were all just like oh this is such a good one um jess loves otters said matt is so good with griffin and ben can the writers just like give him kids um watching this episode for the sixth time and this time actually thinking about it what happened after his mother killed his father did he end up living with a family member until he turned 18 or did he end up in the foster care system fantastic question do we know how old Matt was when that happened I don't think so I think there's a lot of hypotheticals I think I mean he's a kid like I think he was a minor like I don't think he was 18 Mm -hmm. um but like exactly how old I don't know I we have 
we should do one of those like that episode where we find out like about matt's mom killing mm-hmm. his dad we've never done those episodes we should do those episodes because yeah i mean i think it's a question of math right like how old was matt which means how old was christy how much older is christy than matt right and like we don't know anything about their relatives except the uncle with the watch right yeah Ooh. questions yeah 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 I don't think he ended up in the foster care system. I think if he did, we would have known by now. Yeah, for sure. Especially then when Brett was going through all the stuff about like her adopted mom, I feel like we would have heard some kind of comment or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't think so either. I think he probably did end up living with some family member. If Christy was not already 18, because then she would have just taken care of him. But Yeah, so um, she said his age can be questionable as well. So that would be a factor in what happened. We know now, though, because of this season, um, he's he's Jesse's age, Jesse Spencer's age. So he's 42. Because um, the birth date on the MRI was his actual birthday. So, yeah, I think so. I think pretty confirmed. There was something like very wrong with. Oh, oh, I know what it was. It was that the MRI from like eight years ago showed that right. he was forty-two. One, the M- the two MRIs don't match. Like, so the MRI in season two does not match the, the MRI we saw last year. I refuse to believe that Matt Casey is fifty years old. So we're just going to go with he's forty-two. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in my head, he's about whatever Jesse's age is, you know, like 41, 40, you know, somewhere in that like early 40s range, but yeah, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jess says, but this brings me to the question, was he able to connect with the Darden boys like he did because of similar experiences, a deceased father and a mother who spent some time in prison, albeit different circumstances for both parents? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I never really thought about it, but I the more I think about it, I definitely think that's part of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Big time, big time. So uh, that's why, like, when he says, he's like, I've been where you are before. Anytime somebody says that, my first reaction to this is to be like, oh, really? But no, Matt, Matt actually has been where they are before. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't just, like, a sympathy play. God, that had to have been so, like, formative and traumatic for him, like, going to a jail to visit his mom. Mm-hmm. That's scary, dude. Like, when well, now they don't really, I mean, like, we got one kind of like passive comment about Casey's mom, you know, this past season when he, he talks to Christy and he's like, oh, yeah, I was like half expecting mom to show up, but like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Didn't Casey's mom go to Florida, which is exactly where the Dardens are? Yeah, she like ran off with her friend or whatever when she got out of jail. Hmm. Interesting. I need to go back and rewatch those episodes. I know. I know. Early season two was kind of, it was good. Like season, really? I really, I actually really enjoy, I think season two is one of my favorite fire seasons behind maybe, I don't know which one I like better season eight or season nine. I think season nine is my favorite right now, but season two is like right up there. I lo- I really like season two. I don't think I've ever done a ranking of like my favorite Chicago fire seasons. PD, I could tell you some of my favorites, but like we should rank seasons one day should. for an episode. Yeah, we really should. I don't think I've ever thought about that in terms of fire. I can tell you right now, four is my least favorite. Uh, Yeah. And six is my least favorite of PD. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite med? Let's go with two because of the panda. (laughs) Solely because of the panda. Although, I mean, the Connor and Ava shit was not good. Yeah. I I think it, um, yeah, I'd have to go back and figure it out. It was not good. Because didn't that overlap with the Phillips stuff too? 
Oh, that was not good. That's what I'm saying. My, I mean, I realize it's TV, but my biggest problem with that was just that like Ava being a psycho killer was just, it's not realistic, which like it's TV. I get it. But like, that was like a very big stretch. That was some like you level shit. Like you, that show on Netflix. Yeah. I've not seen it, but yeah. I only watched the first season and then I was like, this is ridiculous. Kind of like how I felt about Twilight, how the first time I watched it, I was like, this is the shit. And now I'm just like, wow, <laughs> why did I that? Do that was a thing in 2008. It's fine. We all look back on it and laugh, but. I'm still going to die on the hill that every soundtrack, every Twilight soundtrack absolutely slapped. Like still does to this day. I will die on that hill. But the story, the movies all together. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I did like how we agreed last week, though, that Sylvie definitely wrote Twilight fan fiction at some point. A hundred percent. I love that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. What is she watching nowadays? What is Sylvie <laughs> besides House Hunters and all the HGTV stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's oh, into like all She's the Netflix in, like, dramas. Yeah, she, I was just about to say, she's definitely like a Sweet Magnolias, Virgin River, like all that stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Sylvie is totally into elite. <laughs> I could kind of see that. Oh yeah, she's totally into elite. I'm trying to think of who she ships though. She likes the good boys. Oh, she loves Samwell. <laughs> she was like super on board with Samuel and Carla in season two. Oh my god that's so yeah i could totally see that a hundred percent that's a whole other conversation we should have of like what current tv shows are, are like what are our characters watching? watching like matt that matt watches matt wa- secretly watches stuff but like keeps it on the dl like matt totally has like a show or two on the cw that he doesn't talk about he totally does Oh man, we should do this for like a Patreon bonus episode or something. That, it would be so funny to talk about like what current shows our characters are currently watching. Let's let's do that for the next Patreon bonus episode. We should. Now I'm just like thinking. Um, don't Jay, say it. Don't. We gotta have save something for the conversation. I know, but I'm trying to like provide some variety here. So like Jay only watches sports. Um, who is most likely to have watched that Spanish show about the stripper that you watched? Toy Boy? Yeah, yeah. Um, ooh. Well, what? I still haven't finished it. I need to go back because it's like part mystery, too. Like part murder mystery. I could see somebody like Stella being into that. Okay. Stella is into the true crime podcast for sure. Yeah. And it's just like murder mystery. Yeah. Mm That would be and a also like a magic mic. It's like magic mic meets murder mystery. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I really <laughs> need to finish that by the way. Cause it's, it's coming back. They made a season two or they were making a season two. So I need to finish it. I'm still trying to find a new show after I, uh, well, you got La Casa the- coming back on Friday. So not time today. Yeah. Technically. Yes. As you're listening. I mean, it's only five episodes, but still, is it really only five? Five today, five today, September 3rd, and then the last five on December 3rd. Son of a bitch. Okay. I'll fly yeah. through that. That won't be a problem. God, I love that show. 
yeah, lacrosse that comes back. To, I'm so excited. I'm super excited. I did a very fast and furious speed binge of Outer Banks and I fell very hard in love very fast. And now I need Brenda to watch it. Uh, yeah. What can I say? Teen dramas out of North Carolina. Just like. <laughs> tug at the heart. Tug at the heart. I don't know. So anyway. Anyway. Circling back to uh, Chicago Fire. Um, next up, we've got Gabby and Jay. That was a oh. thing that happened once. I know. I love them so much. I did too. I did too. This was like, these two were hot. Okay. They were hot. Yeah. I mean, obviously they were never meant to last beyond like seven, but I think it's seven episodes that he's in, but like still, oh man, it's like good. Anytime these two like shared a glance or just like flirted with each other, even if it was just a sentence, it was sexy. Every single time I was like, oh, that was good. Also, Jesse looked so good in these episodes. Like something about it, it very much reminds me like his freckles show a lot in these. Ep- I don't know. He looks so good in these episodes. I feel like Jesse has barely aged. <laughs> he really hasn't. Yeah. Like barely because he looks the exact same in this episode as he does right now. Yeah, he's aged like fine wine, for mm-hmm. real. But actually, though, but actually, though, take it away, Brenna. Okay, so at this point, I guess for context, they've kind of just started seeing each other. Like, it's been obviously three episodes. Well, this is the third episode, so it's still very new. So Jay drops off Gabby's clutch, whatever that thing, is, pouch, whatever it ends up being, like, over the firehouse after she, like, left it in his car. And he's, like, she's, like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, whatever. And then she turns to walk away, and he's, like, so are you rushing to get away from me again? And she's, like, look, like, I was, you know, just in a relationship, fell apart. And he's, like, so I guess this is goodbye forever. And then, like, Gabby, like, smacks him with her clutch. And she's, like, I owe you one. And he's, like, ooh, a marker. I like that. <laughs> And then she's like, you know, invites him to Molly's the next night. And it's just, oh, it's so cute. You can't help but smile when they flirt with each other. It's just like both of them just have a lot of it's game. So and it's good. just so good. It's so good. And so then Gabby is talking later, you know, to Shay as they're writing along the call about how, you know, she pretended to be Casey's girlfriend and it wasn't weird. And she's like, I'm, you know, just content, like being Casey's friend. And Shay's like, wow, like you're really into this Jay guy, aren't you? And she's, and Gabby's just all smiley. And she's like, yeah, I I think I am. Same. (laughs) Just same, Gabby. Can't fault you on that one. Yeah. So they have that failed unlimited beer happy hour thing. (laughs) And so after that, you know, happens, Jay like hangs out with at Molly's, you know, while Gabby and Herman are working on closing up. And so Gabby explains to him, you know, who Arthur is, but like, of course, he's like silent through this whole thing. And then, you know, Herman eventually leaves and Gabby's like, you know, I'll close up, whatever. And so then they get really flirty again, like really, really flirty. And they start making out and it's really good. <laughs> I totally forgot they have had sex on the bar. You can't tell me they haven't based on, okay. So after that scene, they cut to the firehouse in the morning and Gabby's got this blissed out smile on her face. They definitely had sex on the bar. So you think she had sex in the bar with Jay and then also had sex on the bar with Casey. So what if she did? I'm just, that was just a question. Yeah. Hell yeah. She has. I could see it. Get it, Gabby. Go get your man. Has she had sex on the bar with Mills? No. I we stand a queen. 
I like don't think she and Mills had sex in the bar. Yeah, I mean, Mills would probably be like really here, like oh, but when like, I also think just Molly's and the timing of their relationship, like by the time they really had Molly, I don't know if that really worked out that well, timing wise. Or they totally had sex on the bar. Oh man, but that makeout is also like what we see of it is like hot. It's, it's so hot, right? They're so hot. Oh they my were god, a super hot couple. I love them. Like. Again, not meant to be. They were meant to be a fling and like launch PD. And that's exactly what they did. But while we had them, they were hot. Well, and it's just so funny too. Like I really like, I because I started after I watched this episode, I kind of went back and watched like maybe, you know, a few more like kind of just around this just because I, I again, love early season two, especially. Mm-hmm. And like the way they use the different PD characters to like spin off PD, like officially, like once it got picked up, because obviously you had Antonio Voigt in- season one Mm -hmm. but then obviously in season two you have the stuff where um leon is going through all that like he goes undercover for Mm -hmm. void again and so they use him like al and void and antonio for that that's also where we meet aaron right you eventually have aaron and severide and like that kind of kicks that off and then you have jay with this like it's just the way they kick all the pd stuff off it's so good yeah, it was very similar to the way that Grays always introduces new characters. I've always thought Grays does that just exquisitely well, just how they take new characters and they wrap them into current character storylines to the point that you care about what they're doing and it keeps you invested. Yeah, I thought that was definitely the best thing they could have done with was to have Jay on fire for seven episodes, six, seven episodes, whatever it ended up being. And then obviously by the time you get to PD, you're like, oh man, like, yeah, I love, I like him, like- I like how they also shot him right off the bat to be like, get prepared for a lot of this. Right. <laughs> how many times has Jay been shot? On the show, I think three. Yeah. So 206 of fire, 702, and then yeah. not 702, 602, I'm sorry. Um, and then 710 or like 709. Is it? Oh, yes, it is because it's the set out. Yeah, yeah. But we also don't know if and how many times he was shot in the military, if he was at all. I'm sure he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And technically in 602, he he was technically shot twice, but the vest caught one. Right. Can we stop shooting Jay, please? Please. Can we also just stop shooting any and all members of intelligence? Just any and all members of what Chicago? Yeah, let's just obviously Ethan got shot in the finale. Um, <laughs> Otis was, you know, they the bullets went flying and hurt Otis that one time. I mean, Casey like, got everyone, shot. Casey got shot. Brett's been had a gun to her head like 20 bajillion times. Casey got point. one in his face. Yeah, I mean, like, can we not? Dr. Charles was shot. Can Boy we not? Was shot. Yeah, I mean, everybody's been shot. Can we stop? And Burgess, Adam's been shot I mean, in the vest. Burgess was shot. Nice. Yeah, can we just stop shooting our favorites, please? Yeah. Did you already say April? April got shot. No, I didn't, but yes, April did get shot. I said Ethan got shot. That was the most recent one. And she was so nonchalant about it, too. Monique was like, oh my god, you got shot. And she was like, I'm good. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just, Just stop. No more shooting our favorites. Yeah. But yes, so, uh, Dawson have had sex on the bar, and I love that. Yes, 
So anyway, this kind of wraps up. Basically, they're all hanging out at Molly's like the next night they're off shift. It's hard to say sometimes because it's like, I guess, whatever the next night that they were off shift, you know, whatever. (laughs) And so Arthur shows up and this is where like the tides turn and we get this big plot twist. See, uh, my man Jay here. He's been assessing your business. We'll talk numbers soon, huh? So, when you said that you were you were working construction, you meant you were working for Arthur. You came here to spy on us? Get out of my bar. Now. Oh, man. Oh, Jay. Oh, man. I know. And he totally wanted to blow his cover, too, but he couldn't. I know. I know. He really did. Yeah. He really did. He wanted to explain himself so bad. And he tries, but like Abby's just like, get the hell out of my bar. The next episode is so good in terms of Gabby and Jay stuff. Cause like Jay keeps trying to contact Gabby. And like mm-hmm. I know Gabby and Gabby takes Griffin and Ben to like the park or the pier or something with right. Matt. And she's just like, Oh, this guy will not stop calling me. And Casey's like, I'd be happy to have a stern talk with him if you'd like. And like, LOL, that Casey was like, I'd be happy to kick Jay's ass if you'd like. Yeah, well, and then by the end, obviously, you know, because she talks to Antonio and like mm-hmm. finds out, Antonio's like, listen, like, it's not what you think. And then she shows up at Jay's door and she's like, You're a cop. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Yeah, just that that last scene. And she's like, You're a cop. And he's just like, Come in, like, let me tell you everything. Oh it's man. It's so good. It's I'm getting like chills even just thinking about how good it is. It's so good. They were so good together for what they were. Yes. So, yeah. They were never down. meant we're to be. Like, they were never meant to be yeah. a long-term couple, but for the seven, six up seven episodes. Oh man. I know. I know. They were they were so good. Well, and the thing that I I kind of find interesting now that we're talking about it, because why not? Mm-hmm. Is I think it I do think it's interesting how like Obviously, they had all these moments, you know, in these episodes, but literally, once they started really interacting, you know, about, like, when Jay joined Intelligence or whatever, and they interacted because PD was a show, like, they've never meant, they never mentioned, you know, their relationship ever. Like, that was not even, like, a friendship we saw. It's not like they had this relationship and then it turned into a friendship. Like, we just never saw Jay and Gabby, like, interact ever again they were just kind of like they acknowledged each other if need be so like the episode when uh mills and brett went missing uh and like gabby kind of comes in had like a conversation you know whatever but like it's net i mean and not that i really needed them to have like a full-blown conversation about the relationship but like it's just like really like yeah okay yeah yeah and then they briefly mentioned it when antonio was going to justice Mm -hmm. he's like you were dating my sister i thought you were gonna be family at least though, when they, when Aaron, well, no, when Severide, you know, had that potential like hit and run, like at least when, you know, Aaron was involved, like they mentioned that relationship, but. That irked me a little bit because they tried to paint Jay as a little bit jealous. And I was like, Jay, if you watch the show, you would know that they were together for like a minute. If you watch the show. Yeah. 
a minute. And Jay's just like, you got history with this guy. Yeah. As in like, I blinked and I missed it. They made out a couple of times at the end of a couple of episodes. And that was really about it. Gene is clearly not here for the Severide Aaron relationship. No, no, it's not that I wasn't here for it. I actually, it's not that I enjoyed it either. It made sense. It made sense. So I was okay with it. I, I wasn't like over the moon about it, but I was just like, all right, like this does not suck. Um, it made sense. I was cool with it. Yeah. And I thought it was sweet at the end of that episode too, when, uh, when Seb finally got out of jail. Cause like, remember Seb was, in, Seb was in jail for a week and Voight was just like, we can't do anything. You're Voight, bro. You can do stuff. Um, I thought it was sweet how like, you know, he just kind of kissed her on the forehead at the end. Like, I, I didn't hate sever. Se, what would we call them? Linzeride. That's what we called them. Yeah, Linzeride. Um, I will forever keep the screenshot of this fanfic I saw one time. It was like a Linzeride fanfic, and there was like a line of dialogue in it where it was like, "You've been a bad boy, Lieutenant Severide." I've kept that screenshot ever since because I just can't like not laugh at it. That's terrible. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's Morant. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that get out of my bar. Oof. Yeah. And Jay was still, like, respectful enough to just kind of, like, put money on the bar and just, like, exit. Yeah. He did what he asked her to, but, like, damn. Damn, indeed. Damn, indeed. So, next up in the episode, we've got Otis, Cruz, and Mal. It's like, what, the original room dogs? Is that what we call them? Yeah, I get. Well, Otis Severed Shay would they be the original? No, the room dogs are Brett K- Cruz and Otis. Otis. Yeah, true. Okay, so Severide is moving into a new apartment, and this is not the loft as we know it right now. This is like the place with the super sweet spiral staircase there. that we were. Yeah, no, not the spiral staircase. This is the one where they eventually later, you know, in a couple episodes, like Shay's girlfriend breaks into it. You know, oh, it yeah. steals all the stuff. It's the it's that like super modern one. Super modern with a staircase, just not the spiral staircase. The spiral staircase was its first place. Yeah, it was the first place. Yeah, yeah. So either way, I mean Severide, the history of Severide living in super sweet apartments just kind of that I don't know how he affords, but whatever. Uh same, same. Um Upton's place, super sweet. How does she afford it? The um, loft. I mean the damn. loft? That thing is sweet. It's so yeah. It's super sweet. Uh, granted, if he's got Casey and Stella living there, that I that makes sense. Where I'm just like, okay, if they're paying but you, but that rent, wasn't now the it makes plan. Sense. But no. that wasn't the plan. Right. So he still got the loft with intentions of him being the one living there. So what was the plan for Casey's bedroom then? I think it was just supposed to be like a second bedroom. Like knowing, nah, Severide is because remember it was Kate's bedroom originally. It when, was Stella's bedroom when they were just roommates. But it was never the plan for him to have a roommate. So, like, he got that place with that second bedroom intending to do... A guest room? Steph's a guy, though. I don't think he's that forward-thinking to have a guest room. I don't know. But do you... I mean, I don't... I don't know. A home gym? But... I don't know. But remember, obviously, it was Stella's room first. Mm-hmm. And then it became Casey's room. And then Stella moved back in. So... I don't know, man. Now that Casey's going to move out eventually Mm -hmm. because they're going to get married. And why would you want to live with your married best friends? That's a little weird. So then it's going to be empty again. 
<laughs> questions, the things we wonder about. So Otis approaches Severide and he's like, hey, Shay told me about the new apartment. You guys might be looking for a third roommate. Like, hey, I'm in. But Cruz and Match are like, dude, we were what we were gonna go in on this together. Like we were gonna ask him about this. And I laughed so hard when Seb was like, this was not cheerleading tryouts. Like, figure this out for yourselves. I love it. Seb's like, I ain't got time for this bullshit. I know, I know. So later on in the common room, Mouch is like, why are you guys like gunning for this so hard? And this is such a non-cruise line. It's it's out of character for him, really. But he's just like, dude, the residual tale. Don't forget that we are in like the very, very single Otis cruise era. I know. And now like flash forward eight seasons and now like Cruz is married and going to have a baby. Yeah. It's just like, whoa. And it's the pre plat era. So Mouch is single. Yeah. And obviously Mouch says like the reason he wants to move in is because he's been lonely since Mari left. And it's like, oh my God, Mari, what a throwback. Yep. It's crazy. Throwback. It's so crazy. So Mouch is, he's running for union rep basically, and he still needs a bunch of signatures to secure his nomination. And this is where Isabella is introduced. Um, And Gabby's like, yeah, like, let me hook you up with my friend Isabella. She was a political consultant. Like she's a big deal. You know, we'll do that. Cool. Okay. So Otis being Otis comes up with a competition to determine the third roommate because Otis going to Otis. He always solved things in terms of competition. Yeah. I miss Otis. Me too. I know. I know. So uh, he's like, we're going to do the cinnamon challenge, which like, wow, just a really solid reminder that it is 2012, 2013. Yeah. I was going to say that is like the definitive way to like prove that this is like an old episode. Yeah. When the minute he said the cinnamon challenge, I was like, oh my God, like takes me back takes me back mm-hmm. okay but let me ask you this though if otis is still alive now does he do the milk crate challenge <laughs> Duh. oh he totally does the milk crate challenge. Duh. he challenges gallo to it and gallo aces it because he's gallo and he's young and i otis, was just about to say yeah. otis and gallo would definitely be in on the tiktok like all the crazy yeah 100 percent Oh, I'm bummed that we're never going to see Otis and Gallo, like, interact. I'm, I'm, like, imagining what that would be like. That's sad. It would be fun. Like, they, like, Gallo would, Gallo would buy into Otis's, like, really fun competitive side. That's sad. I know. It is sad. It's really sad. But, yes, Otis would absolutely do the milk crate challenge. Who else would do it at 51? Thinking. Oh, Gallo. Violet, for sure. Gallo, yeah. I, see, I don't know. Vi- I feel like Violet's smart enough to know, be like, listen, this is how people get seriously hurt. Like, I ain't about this challenge. Maybe until- some other ones, sure, but, like, not this one. She, well, she's out. Until- she's also a paramedic. Yeah, but also, like, until Gallo does it, and then Gallo does it, and she's like, I'm in. She gets competitive. Yeah, I guess. Speaking of Gallo and Violet, real quick, when we were talking about the promo photos, we did mm-hmm. not talk about the ones of Gallo and Violet and Ritter all hanging out what I think is Gallo's apartment. I love it. I love, first of all, love that they're hanging out. Like, mm-hmm. I just love all. And I love that Hanako, Daniel, and Alberto have been hanging out, like, in real life, RL, like, off of set. Like, I mm-hmm. lo- love that friendship. Um, but secondly, somebody on Twitter made a comparison and was like, oh man, they should be like the new room dogs. Like they should all move in together. Like Cruz, Brett and, um, Otis and like 
compared like what they were wearing in that picture to like a similar picture of the original room dogs like sitting mm-hmm. on a couch wearing similar clothes and I was just like I know so miss them. miss them miss them so man. oh man yeah that picture I was like oh my god they're so cute oh man <sighs> I'm so excited so the cinnamon challenge oh my god Otis um, so then they're at the happy hour and Zoya is still around Zoya. Yep. Yep. And so they're discussing music. And by discussing music, I mean, Cruz is like talking about Daft Punk, which like, I never really, okay. Maybe was Daft Punk really big in 2013? They probably were. I don't know. I don't don't know. I only know that one song. Yeah. And that's exactly the song he references. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Harder, better, faster, stronger. I'm looking up Daft Punk. (laughs) Daft Punk has been around since 1987. Yeah, they've been around for a long time. And they, they like, recently, not recently, like, a couple years ago, they broke up, I think. I think they were, like, two French guys who um, made a bunch of music together. And then they broke up a couple years ago. And everybody was just like, it's the end of an era. It says they're still active. Oh, Wikipedia said, oh, they announced it this year. This year? Yeah. Oh, shit. Feels like it was a couple years ago. I'm trying to find when Get Lucky. Was Get Lucky Daft Punk? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It was in 2013. That was when Get Lucky. Holy shit. I'm old. Because it won Grammys in 2014. Yeah, the album came out May 21st, 2013, and the lead single was Get Lucky around the world around the world that's the one i always think of um i think get lucky's the only one i know you you know the other one the harder better faster stronger you know that one if you heard it you would be like oh yeah i do yeah yeah i promise you know it um let's see and then kanye the only thing when it. i think of, of like yeah that's why i know it is the harder better faster stronger. yeah that's i know it from the kanye song i know it from the kanye song yeah this one which like you can't hear if i have my headphones in but i'll pull them out real fast 90s babies man you would know it um i swear i don't know it except for the sample from the kanye song That was a very in-depth discussion of Daft Punk that I was not expecting to have. Tonight. But anyway, 2013, get lucky. It's like a big deal. Um, and the whole point of this is that Joe offers to make Zoya a mix CD, which I'm pretty certain was not a thing in 2013. I'm pretty sure mix CDs Definitely were obsolete not. by then. Yeah. Definitely not. I think mix CDs became obsolete in like 07, 08. Yeah, because I got some mix CDs. I, I was old enough to get mix CDs. I mean, my, friends. like... Amy's my best friend. We used to burn them for each other when we were in high school, which was 0405. Yeah, I was obviously a lot younger, but that yeah. was around the time when we were doing like my friends with like older siblings would like, you know, make us mix CDs and stuff. Mix CD. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. So they go to do the cinnamon challenge. And like, this is such an Otis move. Otis got cumin instead of cinnamon. Like, peak Otis. Peak Otis and Mouch is just like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I, I ain't deal with this. I, I'm out. Yeah, girl, bye. Uh, and Otis is like, they're next to each other on the shelf. Like, totally plausible mistake. Oh, Otis, 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 Otis. Otis. Uh, 
So then Gabby introduces Mouch to Isabella. They hit it off right away. And Mills, like she walks past Mills and it's kind of love at first sight. And he's just like, hello. Um, and so she stops by the firehouse later on to help Mouch and she gets to talking to Gabby. And she's like, I think Mills like has hard eyes for me. Like, I don't know. I just get that sense. And she's like, oh, we dated. And Isabel's like, no, he's off limits. Never mind. Girl code. I respect it. Shut it down. Gabby's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. Go ahead. So, she was right. so into Jay. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's so totally into Jay. She was so into Jay. She didn't even care. She was like, yeah, it's fine. I can't blame her. I mean, yeah. <laughs> cannot blame yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, and also Isabel is played by Mina Suari. Just if you can't if you if you forgot but yeah like we had Mina Suvari in the one Chicago universe like briefly um so yeah she's she's totally written respect girl code and Gabby's like I don't care Jay like <laughs> Jay. whatever uh so then later on Bodis comes in or Bodis I was gonna oh. say Bodin <laughs> and then I was gonna say Otis Bodice. and Bodis <laughs> Bodin that's a new like character mashup that I don't think I've ever said before Bowden <laughs> he comes in and he like he had just gotten off the phone with McLeod and McLeod was like kind of the fun police at this point in season two I hate and her. he comes down really hard on Otis for the cinnamon challenge but also I think he's completely in the right agree 100% he's just like you're a firefighter the fuck are you doing which again I think he's completely in the right a little harsh yes but also like you got the point across Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otis is like cinnamon challenge. What's cinnamon? Wait, challenge? What's what's the cinnamon? Yeah, I don't know what the cinnamon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh my god. So then the next night, Cruz goes to give Zoya the mix CD. I totally forgot about this. Okay, so this is also the era when Severide basically fucks anything that moves, and yeah. uh, he goes to give Zoya the mix CD, and she leaves with Kelly. I totally forgot. Well, because even obviously she and Kelly kept seeing each other. Because remember, she brings up the marriage idea to him first. And Kelly's like, yeah, I ain't about that. And then Joe is the one who actually like kind of proposes to her and thinks he's going to marry her. So like, yeah, the Kelly Zoya thing went on for like a hot second, at least. Oh, man. We're not even that far removed from like the Circle of Severide era. But I just, it's so awful. I know. Especially when we just came from like severide proposing to the love of his life and then now we're here and it's just like oh man yeah just literally he's like oh you're a female let's have sex so bad it's so and he literally just came off renee too so he's in like rebound mode oh yeah oh man it's bad it's bad so he she leaves with severide and this is also when severide's got like the old mustang too like mm-hmm. yeah and so poor joe man like he got friend zoned so hard and he is just in a funk which like i totally understand yeah so understandable i can't believe she left with kelly i totally forgot about that yep yep future best man in your wedding just like yeah oh my god oh they've come so far they really have i face pumped so hard when she got in the car with him i was like oh i forgot about that oh my god so far they've come so far was this before or after the sexual harassment allegations too? Before. Man. All of that is season four. I think that's season four, isn't it? Yeah, because that's why Patterson comes in, remember? No, Patterson comes in because of the turnover on squad. 
The sexual harassment stuff is early. It's not this early, though. Maybe it's later season two? I'm going to do some research. You keep talking. Okay. So, uh, Cruz goes into Molly's and Otis is like, we're going to do the saltine cracker challenge, which again, like, tell me it's 2013 without telling me it's 2013. Uh, and so Otis shoves like six saltine crackers in his mouth and Cruz is like, fuck this. Like I give up, you can take the room. And of course, with like, with like a crowd, like a cloud of like saltine crackers and crumbs in his mouth, he's like, yes. Oh my God. So Mouch gets all the signatures he needs to put his name on the ballot. And Isabella asks Mills if he wants to celebrate later. And Mills is like, uh, what do I do here? And she's like, nope, Gabby said it's okay. So we're good. Not as the yeah. beginning of Isabella and Mills. How's your research going over there? I'm, um, um, are we talking about Tara? I think no, so. Are, are you talking about that? Or are you? Oh, I'm getting that mix up with the time when he went to that leadership course and he slept with the girl he met there. This is so bad that we're like, which time? No, okay. So you're, I am wrong then. The sexual, the Tara stuff, when he gets ordered to attend the sexual harassment sensitivity trainings in Monar, that is the end of season one. I think what I'm thinking about is the season four when he goes to that like leadership course. Do you remember yeah. what I'm talking about? I do remember. I do. And as then much he as I wish sleeping. I didn't. And I, I just remember that image of her coming out in his hockey jersey after he slept with that one. I don't know why that's an but that's the image. Okay, no, but the Tara sexual harassment stuff is season one. Uh, my stuff, I think, is late. What I'm thinking about is later on. We are so lucky that Taylor Kinney did not just up and leave in the early seasons. Well, he was under contract, but yeah. But like early season Severide was like kind of an a-hole. Kind of an a-hole. No, but like he was. He was an a-hole. He was an a-hole. Damn. When Speaking was- of Severide. Um, yeah, we, when was, hold on. When was the leadership seminar stuff? Seminar? The leadership stuff was season four. That's when he got demoted. He had to go to the leadership seminar. Yeah, 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 Okay. Okay, all right. Anyway, let's talk about Severide now because this also brings up a name that we haven't really ever talked about ever. So we got lots to discuss. <laughs> so Severide, okay, so what context? Obviously, remember, what's been going on is they've been fighting all these arson fires in kind of, you know, and it very much seems like an t- attack on 51 because obviously there was Kelly's car, there was Mills's restaurant, um, you know, there's been a lot of danger, you know, something, and, and they kind of realize it has to be a firefighter because they're only attacking buildings to for the most part on like the dangerous buildings list, like lots of things that clearly make it seem that like it's a firefighter who the people of 51 know well. This is also the era where like 51 is in danger of closing like once every two episodes. Yes. And so Severide thinks he's kind of got to figure it out at this point. So Severide pulls Bowden aside at the beginning to shift. And he's like, I think I know who it is, is Kevin Hadley. Hadley, who, if you remember, was around for a long time in season one, but then obviously got into it, you know, with a lot of people and real bad believe. Yeah. And Bowden's like, I don't believe it. And Severide's like, listen, I, Benny's, you know, here, like he, uh, he wants to take it to FI, but like, I want your blessing first. And, ha- and 
Bowden's just like, listen, like I had my issues with a man, but like he's a firefighter and a good one. So like if you want to accuse him of starting fires, like you have to have more than just a bad feeling. So then this doesn't really have anything to do really do with the storyline, but I just have to say squad three goes on a water rescue and Severide is the one that dives in first. And I just feel like that is too soon. My feelings <laughs> were not okay after this. I was just like, oh, I forgot this was a water rescue. And then I laughed a little bit when he like, he had cut the line and uh, Clark had pulled it up and was like, oh my God, he's offline. And then he surfaces with like the victim with him. And it's like his total Baywatch moment where he's just like surfaces with the victim, like dramatic splash of water off of his hair. Yeah. Total Baywatch moment. I just, again, it's not too soon because obviously this one came first, but my feelings, man, I was not, I was just like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least they all didn't go in this time. Right. But anyway, I digress. So Severide finds Mills when he, they come back from this call and ask him, like, is it okay for Benny to come in? You know, obviously, given what happened to them before. Because, again, there's some history between Benny and Mills. So, I, you know, Severide's doing the right thing. And Mills, you know, ultimately gives him the okay since he's there to help out with the arson investigation. But, like, he makes it clear he's like, we are not friends. Like, we are not. We're not buddies. Mills punched Benny, right? Yes. Because it's something he said about his dad? Yeah, because of the dad stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, according to Benny, Benny and Severide are talking to Bowden, and according to Benny, you know, there's a well-established psychological profile for firefighter arsonists, and Hadley apparently fits it perfectly. And so Severide even tells Bowden that, like, he actually confronted Hadley. That's how the last episode ended. And Bowden's like, really? What'd he say? And Severide's just like, prove it. Can we also talk about the shade that Bowden throws in this scene? Because Benny is breaking down the profile of an arsonist. And he's like, you know, it's usually a white guy. He comes from a broken home. He has really, he struggles with interpersonal relationships. And Bowden just goes, that sounds like half the firefighters in the CFD. And then he looks at Severa and he's like, you included. It's the shade. It's so good. The shade. So... Later on, Benny's helping Shay and Severide like move into their apartment, and Severide's mad that like all OFI did was put Hadley on the suspect list. And Benny's like, "There's nothing to worry about. Like it's fine." He's like, "I'll stay here as long as I'm needed, you know, to help you figure it out." And Severide's like, "What's going on?" And then, of course, it comes out that Benny is having trouble at home with his current wife and kids. And I forgot that Benny had other kids besides Severide and Katie. I thought Katie was from this marriage. No, Katie is from a different marriage. Because remember, Severide doesn't know about Katie at this point. Oh, yeah. Sev's got a lot of half-siblings out there, doesn't he? I think he's got three. Well, Katie and then two others. But I forgot about these ones. I remembered he had another family. I just, I I didn't put two and two together that Katie's from a different family. No, because remember, like, when Severide was young... And he and Benny left them. He went and then had Katie. Mm. And he kept Katie a secret until Severide sees her talking to Benny on the street one day, remember? And then he approaches Katie and he's like, and she's like, I'm your Semis daughter. Like, anyway. But Benny is sure Severide, you know, everything's fine. You know, it'll all work out. Yada, yada, yada. So then Hadley shows up to 51 and is like trying to stir up shit. But of course, 51 gets called to a house fire. Can we just briefly, like, we need to just briefly acknowledge this whole scene is, like, battle of the blue eyes. Because, like, 
Hadley rolls up and then Seb gets right in his face, right? And then like, I think Herman comes in the middle to break it up. And it's just like, the men at 51 all have just like gorgeous blue eyes. And so the first thing I notice is Seb gets in Hadley's face and I'm like, oh damn, oh, oh damn. This is a Severide I've seen. And then it just like bounces back and forth. It's like, Hadley's got really nice blue eyes. Herman's got really nice blue eyes. I'm like, stop, like, oh, this is awesome. Which like, I'm not supposed to like, but you know. I me. love that you noticed that. I love it. I'm just like the, the blue eye detective. On, you know, that, that would be my place in one Chicago. I'd be like an intelligence and I'd be the specialist in being like, yeah, he has blue eyes. That's all I'd be good for. <laughs> Literally, any, any, that's all I'd be good for. So they go to this house fire and quickly assume that it was Hadley based on the fact that it's a condemned house. You know, it fits kind of the same profile of fires he's been setting. But then all of a sudden a guy flies out of the window and mentions that his girlfriend's in the basement. So, of course, they end up getting her out. You know, they're going to be fine. But they, of course, notice that Hadley has moved across the street to watch them work. And so Severide is pissed and, like, goes to confront him. And, um, you know, Hadley's just like, well, I can't have started a fire. I was at 51 when it happened. Like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And Severide's just so mad. And it's just. He is evil. He is. So, of course, the next day, Severide and Shay are walking by the river, and Severide's venting about the Hadley situation, you know, about how if I want him to ignore Hadley so that he gets bolder and ultimately slips up. And Severide's like, you know, Hadley worked under me for two years. Like, I should have seen this coming. And Shay's just like, listen, like, it's not your fault, whatever. And Severide, again, is just like, we need to stop reacting and start anticipating. Like, I'm tired of waiting. And I love this line from Shay. She's like, no, what you need to do is let Arson handle this. Like, and you and I need to go somewhere and get drunk. That is a true friend right there. I feel like he he doesn't have anybody now who's like willing to do that and be like, we need to go get drunk. Like everybody else is now like married and settled and he could go out with the millennials. (laughs) Severide with the millennials. That would be a sight to see. I'm just imagining like Bowden or not Bowden, uh, Gallo and Ritter just being like, hey, have you seen this TikTok? And being like, hey, Lieutenant, have you seen this? And he's like, what? What's a TikTok? Yeah the fuck is that like no i'm not on tiktok <laughs> yeah so crazy so oh man yeah the severide stuff oh and this i don't think he's like the arson expert yet it's just kind of this is where we see the, no like, but this is the beginning yeah this is the beginning where you're just like he's like really fucking good at this yeah and then i think it's the next episode where it wraps up and we find out that like it was hadley and but yeah yeah, yeah. crazy crazy so last up, we've got Gail McLeod because remember her? The actual worst. Honestly, I think she's, I know we like all joke about Gorsh. Like I, you know, Gorsh, it's kind of just the butt of the jokes because that's Derek's favorite. Yeah. Gail McLeod though, I think is like the worst. No, I can't worst. stand her. Yeah. Yeah. She's the worst. So Clark is walking into the common room and everybody's just glaring because they think he's the one. Like he fits the MO. He's like super quiet, super standoffish. Like, oh Yeah. So Bowden walks into his office and finds McLeod waiting for him. Creepy. Um, And she's just like asking him questions about Hadley and why he left. And he's like, that's not your business. And she's just like, all due respect, like if one of your former men is setting fires all over the city, it doesn't exactly cast your leadership abilities in the most flattering light. Screw you, dude. I hate her. She's, yeah, she's brutal. She's brutal. So Cruz approaches Clark and is like, hey, come to molly's with us and he's just like eh, like whatever and he's like bring your wife and he's just like meh meh like 
whatever. So then he grabs Clark and he's like, hey, will you help me cut off my wedding ring? And you mean Cap- Clark grabs Cap. Yes. That. Not, he gra- He doesn't grab himself. No, that's a whole other show on a whole other network. Um, so um, Clark is like, hey, help me cut off my wedding ring. And Cap's like, there are other ways to do this that are like better. And he's like, no, like my, my wife moved out back in August. Like keep that a secret. And Cap's like, oh, sorry sorry yeah yeah sorry so Bowden walks into the common room and is like okay well thanks to McLeod like anytime you need off now you have to fill out a form and you know uh you gotta leave enough time for relief to be brought in what was the other thing she snitched it wasn't just that Um, oh the cinnamon challenge yeah yeah and she's obviously snitched a bunch of other things too but at that point it's just that which is of course literally the exact opposite of what Casey did earlier which is what triggered the whole thing yeah so Herman is so mad he's so mad this is the one time where Herman gets pissed and I'm just like yes Herman go on with your bad self I love it yeah he's so so mad and so Bowden's like I have an announcement Homan or Homan I I was gonna say Bowden and then I was I I did it again I did it again okay so Bowden's gonna make an announcement Herman storms out on the ape and he's like actually I have an announcement and Bowden's like all right whatever uh, and he just announces it. He's like, lately we've been finding rat turds all over the house. Like there seems to be an infestation of Finkus Backstabberus. Love it. Love it. Uh, and he's like, you know, it's the common snitch. He's like, don't worry though. They don't really last long at 51. So these disgusting vermin don't t- like, you can't forget that part. Literally he, David Eigenberg delivers this in a way that only David Eigenberg could. Like, it's just so good. Like, he's so good at, like, her being Herbie, like, bringing out Herman's crabby side. Like, uh-huh. it's it's so good. So, but I can't remember who was the snitch. Okay, do you remember that other guy that came in at the same time as Clark, whose name I can't remember, and joined Truck, was on Truck for a while? No, I don't. It was two. It was two. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna find a picture if I can find a picture. But it was him and Clark that came in at the exact same time, and he was the snitch. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't on squad at the time, was he? He was on truck. Shit. But like background on truck. No, he came in at the same time. Hold on. Lieutenant Spellman, I think, was his name. What? I don't know that name. I think that was him. I'm Googling the actor to make sure this is him. Yeah, it was definitely him. Lieutenant Spellman. He was on, or maybe he was on Engine, but he was definitely like, he he came in at the exact same time as Clark. I don't remember that. introduced at the exact same time. Yeah. I just re- yeah, I just remember being like, okay, Clark's a good guy, actually. He's not actually the snitch. So who is? Okay, Spellman. All right. I, I don't remember any of that. It was long yeah, I ended up being Spellman. Because he was still he still had an in with Hadley, right? No, he was working for McLeod. Boo. Because she approached them kind of like what in PD season one, what they were trying to do with Jen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in like use him. That's what they I mean. Yeah. No, McLeod approached him. Oh. oh yeah okay all right it <laughs> it's like maybe this is kind of coming back to me maybe it was a long time ago i don't know so but i like this episode any other notes on this episode 
No, I, I like this episode. There's a lot going on. This was back in the days. As much as I love season two, they would have like five or six storylines going at once. And mm-hmm. like you'd barely spend any time. Like there was a lot going on. Yeah. Um. So a little chaotic, but I really do like this. I Very I, enjoyable. I love early season two. Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see the Darden boys come back. Yeah. Just how much they've changed and, you know, years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd also be curious to see too, obviously it's kind of now become a more prevalent thing in some of the fan fiction I've been reading, but like, I mean, obviously they left, but like, has Casey been in contact with them over the last eight years? Has that they kind of, once they went to Florida, like cut off all ties? Like what is that I don't think they've been in contact. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they have either, which is interesting. And so then why haven't they been, you know, just like so many questions, so many theories. Yeah. Have they kept uh, up via Facebook? Is Matt even on Facebook? No, Matt may be on Facebook, but he's definitely not on any social media platform that Griffin and Ben would be on. Yeah, true. Let's put it that way. <laughs> true. Very true. So, oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about all we've got for this episode. Um as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's right across the board. Um, email us anytime about anything, meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. If you would like to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, please check out the link in our socials to our Patreon page. We've got the T Public store. We've got all sorts of cool stuff going on. So um, check those out. I don't know what we're covering next week. Mm, no. no idea. No, but you're going to hear from us every week up until the premieres for sure yeah it'll be it'll be good um but i guess real quick before we finish for real like finish the stuff one thing is i just to mention it because it is kind of a big deal to us at least that obviously (laughs) tomorrow is well tomorrow on the day we're recording this september 1st it's obviously in the your past but whatever september 1st marks our fourth birthday for the podcast how are we for I know it's kind of crazy it doesn't like simultaneously it feels like it's been forever like longer than four years but it feels like it also just started yesterday yeah it's kind of crazy it's so crazy it's so crazy but we're still going strong I mean yeah yeah we have no plans to stop anytime soon so we're gonna be like SVU we're gonna be around forever (laughs) <laughs> forever and ever and ever forever and ever and ever and ever they're still getting rid of us yeah we're super psyched to bring you the new seasons so give them to me right give them to me now i can't believe we're four years old like h- how i know i know i'll have to tweet out that picture that i was on my time hop about of like recording the first episode yeah so crazy yeah because that was four years today on the day we're recording this which is all today being the 31st yeah, yeah. so crazy so it's insane and then next year we'll be five we'll be a kindergarten next year (laughs) yeah five is really crazy to me and the fact that this is our fifth year doing you know obviously fifth seasons which is crazy i think just to think about how much the shows have changed Mm -hmm. since we started and like who's been on who's not like crazy so crazy and and we can't wait to just gear up and do it again in these upcoming seasons yep you're so. five, baby. You're five, baby. You're five. Oh my God. So crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, if you want to wish us happy birthday, you know, you can also send us an email <laughs> there too. That's fine. Uh, God, I can't believe before. So yeah. Um, 
we don't know what we're covering yet. We'll determine that eventually. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, everybody take care and, you know, have a good weekend and, and we will yeah, see. So have, it's a long weekend. So enjoy yeah. your long weekend. Um, hope you guys are doing something fun. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your Labor Day, your, your extra day off and, and we'll see you next week. So bye.